Looking for insightful and heartfelt conversations about social justice, activism, and innovation? I'm glad to recommend the podcast All Inclusive with Jay Rudderman. Hosted by Jay Rudderman, a social activist and philanthropic leader in diversity and social justice. Every other Monday, Jay interviews leaders and experts on the latest news, technology, and advocacy for a more socially just world. Hear leaders like PBS NewsHour's Judy Woodruff discuss her remarkable career in journalism and work in disability advocacy. Curb Your Enthusiasm's Cheryl Hines on inclusion in Hollywood. Fran Drescher talk about the nanny's resurgence and her mission to save lives through her nonprofit Cancer Schmancer. In order to create an innovative future, honest discussions must be held. All Inclusive will inspire you to keep learning and to take action to build a positive future. Listen to All Inclusive wherever you're listening right now. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. Every month on Womanica, we have a theme. And this month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. We're covering stories from across a spectrum of women, from those who made good trouble to those who thrived in illicit industries, to villains in the truest sense of the word. All of the women we're covering had a major impact on the societies in which they lived. Today's troublemaker was a fearless reformer who believed it was her God-given vocation to save people from drunkenness. To her, alcohol was a demon drink that she would go to great lengths to ban. And during a period when women were frowned upon for making any sort of scene, this woman made quite the name for herself. Please welcome Carrie Nation. Carrie Nation was born Carrie Amelia Moore on November 25, 1846 in Garrett County, Kentucky. Carrie's childhood was fraught with financial troubles and frequent moves around Missouri, Kentucky, and Texas. In one instance during the Civil War, the family was forced to leave their beloved Highgrove farm in Missouri to relocate to Kansas City as the Union Army demanded they evacuate. When the Civil War ended in 1865, Carrie's family returned to the farm and took in Union Army doctor Charles Gloyd. It didn't take long for Carrie and Charles to strike up a courtship. They kept the relationship a secret because Carrie knew her parents disproved of Charles and his drinking habits. It wasn't until two years later that her parents finally gave their blessing. Carrie and Charles married on November 21, 1867. The marriage was doomed from the start. Charles was drunk at the wedding. Most days, he chose to spend his free time drinking at the local Masonic Lodge, instead of spending time with his new wife. Carrie went from one unstable household to another and back again. This time, when she returned to her parents' home, it wasn't just her. She was pregnant with the couple's daughter, Charlene. Charlene was born on September 27, 1868. Six months later, Charles died of alcoholism. With a newborn and no husband, Carrie needed a source of income. So she got a teaching certificate and became a teacher at a public school in Holden, Missouri. Carrie taught for four years before being fired for intentionally teaching children the incorrect pronunciation of words. Instead of looking for another job, Carrie turned to prayer. On November 27, 1874, her prayers were answered. Carrie married minister and lawyer David Nation. 
they moved to Medicine Lodge, Kansas, where David worked as a minister. Carrie got involved in hotel management. Like her parents' marriage, Carrie and David's relationship consisted of financial struggles that caused much strife and tension. Carrie once again turned to religion for answers. She reportedly began having visions that she interpreted as God's call to fight drunkenness. At that time, women's political activity was limited because they didn't have the right to vote, one cause that many women activists were able to put their energy and efforts behind was the temperance movement, or the movement to prohibit alcohol. Abstaining from alcohol was considered to be an issue of marriage, family, and home, so society deemed it acceptable for women to engage in this political debate. Carrie founded a very active local chapter of the Women's Christian Temperance Union and advocated a state ban on liquor sales. Her more fervent recruits became known as Home Defenders. In December of 1894, Carrie and the Home Defenders raided a local pharmacy that sold alcohol. They entered with a vengeance, stealing a keg, which they set on fire in front of the store. In 1900, Carrie's proclivity for making a scene became a pattern. Wearing a floor-length black dress with a white ribbon tied in a bow around the neck, topped with a black bonnet, Carrie would walk into saloons, which were usually off-limits to respectable women. There, she would sing hymns and Bible verses while destroying whatever she could get her hands on. She slashed open bottles, smashed kegs, and let taps run loose. She was a force to be reckoned with. Word of her crusade spread so far and wide that bars began to hang signs that read, All nations welcome, except Carrie. Her actions served their purpose. She intended them to be spectacles that riled people up. But as her infamy grew, the more mainstream temperance movement began distancing itself. At the offhand suggestion of her husband, Carrie began carrying a hatchet with her on these raids. On December 27, 1900, the home defenders smashed the Hotel Carrie Bar in Wichita, Kansas. Carrie led the charge, hatchet in hand. She soon earned the nickname Hatchet Granny, selling hatchet pins to finance her work and pay her bail fees. Her raids became known as hatchetations. She described herself as a bulldog running along at the feet of Jesus, barking at what he doesn't like. There was a method to Carrie's madness, and it worked, to a certain extent. It got her into rooms where she otherwise might not have been welcome. She secured a meeting with the governor where she demanded state liquor laws be enforced. He told her, you are a woman, but a woman must know a woman's place. They can't come in here and raise this kind of disturbance. Carrie went against everything a woman was supposed to be, docile and demure. In 1901, Carrie founded the Smasher's Mail newspaper. She wanted her anti-alcohol sentiments to reach a broader audience. It was also another way to subsidize her campaign. That year, Carrie's husband divorced her. A short film called Why Mr. Nation Wants a Divorce was released at Carrie's expense. The film depicted a woman who defied her gender norms and allegedly abandoned and humiliated her husband. Nevertheless, Carrie continued her work for the next decade. In the end, Carrie's flair for the dramatic caught up to her. She collapsed while giving an impassioned speech about the perils of alcohol. 
one year before Kansas became the eighth state to grant women the right to vote. Carrie Nation died on June 19, 1911, in Leavenworth, Kansas. A constitutional amendment prohibiting alcohol in the U.S. was ratified by the states about eight years after Carrie's death in 1919. All month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Mona Chalabi, host of a new podcast from TED called Am I Normal? Everyone wants to know if they're normal. Is my body normal? Is my brain normal? Are my feelings normal? So each week we'll tackle a question by digging into the numbers, consulting experts, strangers, and even my mum to get the bigger picture. This season, how long does it take to get over a breakup? How many friends do you need? And what on earth is spermageddon? Find Am I Normal wherever you listen.